Coming up on Studios America, Marxism is making a huge comeback because approximately half of the country can't read or tie their shoes. I'll talk with Glenn Beck about recognizing the warning uh, and what's going on with the revolution on the rise. And because of the lack of media coverage or action from the president, our southern border is being completely swamped by illegal crossers. Who would have thunk it? All right, let's remember back in the day, like when Common Core math was the scariest thing about sending your kids to school. Gotta say, starting to miss those days a little bit. I'll tell you why as we do the woke washing of our youth. Stu does America. Woke washing. Uh, it's kind of like brainwashing, except you're brainwashing kids into wokeism. Yes, woke washing is one of those things going on all across the country. And, you know, you kind of look at this and you see these examples pop up. We mentioned one from Chris Rufo earlier uh, this week where he found documents from Disney where all of this crazy stuff was going on. These training uh, programs that are leading people into this crazy woke nonsense. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone's won over by it when you go to a training uh, exercise. I think there's a lot of this. People show up and they're just like, oh God, I cannot believe I have to sit through this. That does happen. That's a real thing. Uh, but the fact that these companies are constantly trying to implement this thing does mean something much larger for the culture. And it's not just companies, it's schools. We've seen examples of this all across the country. Now, earlier, uh, I guess it was last week, uh, I had someone reach out to me who has kids in high school, um, particularly a freshman in this particular high school, and was trying to alert us about one of these situations going on at a normal everyday high school in Pennsylvania. These are things that aren't supposed to be happening. You don't send your kid to school thinking that they're going to have to doubt whether they're a good person or not based on the color of their skin. But that is where we are. I mean, this is happening all over the country. We were able to obtain some of the documents and uh, the, uh, the assignments from a, a school in Pennsylvania. That is, this is real, this is actually happening, uh, and kids are actually having to do this as an assignment. I, I don't know what to tell you other than this is brainwashing or wokewashing. It is in action right now as we speak with our most uh, vulnerable people because these are kids, they're learning, their brains are growing, they're trying to understand the world, and they're placed in this sort of uh, environment where they are seen, if they are uh, white, uh, as, the, uh, um, as oppressors, and if they are black or Hispanic, as the oppressed. And to be clear, it's just as damaging what is happening to African-American children, to Hispanic children, to Asian children, to anyone else involved in this. If you are constantly told that you are living in a world where you are oppressed and you don't have a chance and you need white people to tell you uh, that everything's going to be okay in order to survive and thrive, you're being uh, hurt in a real in a real way. This this gets into kids' heads, and they live uh, these actions out as they go through life. You know, it's a bad situation not only for white kids but for kids of every single color. Let's go through some of these documents. I have them uh, right here. Um, I'm going to go through some of them. Uh, there is a privilege check document. Now, what they say is basically you have to put a check mark or yes or no, kind of by each question. So I'm going to go through a bunch of them. We have some of them highlighted. Um, is this true about you, Mr. Whitey? 
I can, if I wish, arrange to be in the company of people of my race most of the time. Is that a yes or a no? Now, obviously, what they're trying to say here is if you happen to be a minority, uh, you may not be able to find large uh, percentages of, uh, of your own race around you, and that, that's somehow, I guess, disturbing to people. But, I mean, functionally, this is just talking about someone who's a racist, right? I, mean, I can, if I wish, arrange to be in the company of people of my race most of the time. Well, why would you wish that? Like, I don't wish to be in the company of my race most of the time. I mean, I happen to be white. There's more white people in America, though not in every single area. But uh, I will say, like, if you are wishing to be in the company of your own race most of the time, that's just a racist, right? That's what David Duke wants. He wants to be in the company of his own race most of the time. If you happen to be black and what you want to do is always be surrounded by your own race, that's prejudice. That's racism. That is really a definition of it. But again, that's what all of this encourages. It doesn't discourage. It's not anti-racist. It's just racist. Uh, I can go shopping alone most of the time, pretty well assured that I will not be followed or harassed. Look, this is, is again, I think is, is more of the result than uh, the germ of the result here. Uh, when you constantly are talking about how every white person is out to get you, there's no surprise that a lot of people think white people are out to get them. Now, of course, there are racists in this world. I'm sure there are people who go into stores and get looked at uh, negatively because of their race. But what are you trying to perpetrate here to a young student? Why are you trying to put that idea into their head? Maybe, you know, that's, that's just, I, I mean, what, what is the possible upside of something like that? I can go into a music shop and count on finding the music of my race represented. What the hell does that mean? Into a supermarket and find the staple foods that fit with my cultural traditions into a hairdresser's shop and find someone who can cut my hair. All right. Tons to unpack on this one. Is that a yes or a no for you? First of all, uh, I can go to a music shop and count on finding the music of my race. What is the music of your race? I think we all listen to music of any race if it's good. You know, I, I don't uh, music of my race in itself is a racist concept. <laughs> you know, and it's there's music is made for everybody. At least that's what I thought into a supermarket and find the staple foods that fit with my cultural traditions. So if you happen to be in, let's say I, like I went on vacation uh, years ago and I was in Miami and we went to Little Havana in Little Havana. There's barely any English spoken. Every single restaurant is Cuban uh, or or uh, Latin in some way. Um, and I got to say, I didn't know necessarily how to communicate with everyone there. I didn't know what all the options on the food menus meant. <laughs> you know, I mean, they went deep. It wasn't just uh, the basics here. It wasn't just Cuban sandwiches. They went pretty deep on the menus. You know, that happens to lots of people in different circumstances. Um, if you go, we happen to live in uh, work in the most diverse city in America. That's actually true, Irving, Texas. Um, it's about a quarter white, about a quarter black, about a quarter Hispanic, about a quarter Asian. It's almost exactly diverse through those four groups. Um, one thing you'll also notice around here is a very high percentage of Indian restaurants in the area that we work. Indian restaurants, Indian shops, Indian grocery stores, because there's a lot of Indian people here. That's what capitalism does. 
when there's a lot of Indian people in an area, they're going to generally have Indian food available for people. Um, so if you happen to be one uh, African-American, uh, I mean, I don't know what African-American food is per se, but if you happen to be an Indian-American, you're saying, okay, I want Indian-American food, um, and you happen to live in an area where you're the only one who's Indian-American, Indian you're probably right. I mean, grocery stores aren't necessarily going to cater that much to Indian food. I'm sure they'll have some options. But I mean, that's just normal, right? Like if you're around people, if there's a large majority of people, capitalism is going to cater to those particular um, uh, populations. But that's not racism. It's not racism that I go into a, a shopping complex and it's almost all Indian food. I don't feel like, oh, they're being racist against me. They don't want me here. They want me there. They want me buying their Indian food. And by the way, a lot of it's delicious. Um, how, or the next one is into a hairdresser's shop and find someone who can cut my hair. This is interesting. You've heard this complaint before. This has been uh, something that's been bounced back and forth for a long time that you might go into a barber and they might not understand how to cut African-American hair. I, look, I don't know what the difference is. I'm not a hairdresser. I will say this, though. I was at uh, Walmart. Uh, this is, uh, I don't know, a week ago. It was, I was out of, out of town. And I went into a Walmart and I needed to get um, a hairbrush because I forgot, I forgot my hairbrush when I packed. And I went and I, I could not find a hairbrush in this store. I swear it didn't exist. It wasn't just me being an idiot. I swear it didn't exist. The only thing I could find was what I guess I would classify as the African-American hair section where they had African-American hairbrushes. Now, I don't know why they're different. I guess they have different needs for the hairbrush. Now, did this mean that, I, that, that, that Walmart was being racist against me? I mean, it probably meant that they just had it in a different section. And I was dumb enough and I couldn't find it. I should be clear about that. But like, I really couldn't find it. So I wound up buying an African-American hairbrush. Guess what it did? It brushed my hair. I wasn't, wasn't that much different. Is this a sign of is systemic racism? Of course not. Uh, you know, of course not. It's just, I mean, it's a matter of you have to find the right people to do the job. This is capitalism. It's what happens under the system. And this is, of course, their point. This is why they want that system destroyed. So they're bringing all these things up as if they're these impossible negatives that black people or Hispanic people or Indian people or Asian people can't possibly overcome. It's just absurd. Um, I've never I'm never asked to speak of, for all the people of my racial group. This is another thing. Is that, can you say that about yourself? I'm never asked to speak for all the people of my racial group. I can say that. I'm not asked to speak for all the people of my racial group. People don't come up to say, as a white person, what do you think about this? But generally, that's I also don't know any black people who have to do that. I've never come up to say, as a black person, what do you think about black people and their opinions? Black people, here's the concept, are like people. They're just exactly the same. In fact, they actually technically are people, just like white people actually technically are people and Hispanic people actually technically are people. There's vast disagreements among the population. And this is why it's dumb to identify people based on skin color. I'm saying don't do that. Never make a decision in your entire life based on the color of someone's skin. Hard, fast rule. Is that what they're recommending here? They're telling you all sorts of differences, all sorts of different decisions you should make based on someone's skin. Why not eye color? Why not hair color? Why not? Because this is, this is indoctrination. And it is a very weird and twisted way to look at the world in the opposite. It's the same way that Richard Spencer looks at the world, we should note. It's the same way that David Duke uh, looks at the world. Constant focus on race. It's not the way I look at the world. It's not the way you look at the world. 
Um, I can be pretty sure, uh, excuse me, I can criticize our government and talk about how much fear its policies and behavior um, uh, cause, I guess, um, without being seen as a cultural outsider. I love this one because they're trying to say like, all right, well, you have to understand African-Americans are skeptical of the government because of all their mistreatment. Obviously, there has been this mistreatment and some of that does permeate the society. Um, But are you talking to conservatives about this? You think conservatives feel like they can talk about the government and how much thing, policies they don't like and not feel like a cultural outsider? Every time we say we want lower taxes, you call us racist. Every time we say, you know what, we'd like, uh, I don't know, restaurants to open up. You say we're trying to kill grandma. I mean, over and over, every single policy goes this way. Uh, this is one I don't, I don't understand uh, at all, apparently. I can def- I'm not checking that one off. Um, I can be pretty sure that if I talk to someone who's the person in charge, I will be facing a person of my race. What? I, I highlighted this one because what a freaking weird way to think about life. Can you think about I I just I can't even I can't comprehend thinking this way. This is focusing and seeing everything in life as a racial prism. If you're thinking, gosh, I wonder what the race is going to be of my boss when I get this job. You're just a racist. That's just racism. It's you thinking about skin color above all else. That's nuts. That's crazy. I thought we left that long before gone in, in the in the doldrums of history. Instead, it's being taught to our kids so it can not only be our history, but our future. Um, I am not required to undergo an extensive psychological evaluation in order to receive basic medical care. Is this a I could have um, a misunderstanding of our health system. It's possible. But I will say that I'm sort of doubting that if you go to get a flu shot or you go to get a throat culture for a sore throat, they're making you go through a extensive psychological evaluation. What is this even referring to? I will say this. Usually what I found, if there's any problem with our medical system, a lot of times they might be a little they might skimp a little bit. Uh, they're not going to want to bring in an extra psychiatrist uh, to talk to you every time you come in uh, to get, uh, you know, to get, get your fever checked. They're not going to add in an extensive... Uh, you're in and out of the doctor's office. They want to spend like three minutes with you. What do you mean they would get extensive psychological evaluation? I, I don't know. Anyway, this is, again, in a real school in Pennsylvania. This is being taught to kids. This is what they want them to think about. They want them to think, you know, you're part of the problem if you can say you don't have a, an extensive psychological evaluation when you go to get medical care. wasn't all about race, though, as well. It went into... Um, uh, gender stuff, sexuality stuff. Are you, are you straight privileged? You know. Also, are you thin privileged? Now, this one's real. This one is real. Okay. All the other stuff was crap. This one's real. Uh, people do not assume that I am lazy based solely on my size. Yeah, I'm. People think that about me all the time. They look at you and say, "Hey, fatty, you're lazy." And you know what? In my case, they're right. But still, that doesn't make it okay. I can eat what I want, when I want, in public, and not have others judge me for it or make assumptions about my eating habits. You know how many times I've gone through a Taco Bell drive-thru and made sure I went to like a quiet parking lot where I could jam the nine meals I ordered into my mouth so that no one would see me? I'm tired of being judged for my Taco Bell intake. I am not assumed to be unhealthy just because of my size. Can you say that? I am not assumed to be healthy just because of my size. Here's the thing. 
as a person who's uh, had some fluctuations, if you watch the show every day, you might notice them. Um, if I had some fluctuations with my weight, there's a good chance that if you're very large and fat, you're not healthy. That's sort of an indicator. Now, I, maybe, you're, maybe it's all just very oddly shaped muscle. I don't know. But I will say it's, it's an indication. I know I feel like crap when I'm on the high end of my weight uh, range. But on the lower end, I feel a lot better. It's not the only indicator. You can have cancer and be very thin. Um, but it is kind of an indicator of health. It's kind of an indicator of that. It doesn't always mean that. But I mean, this is the, the, you, you can't know everyone's DNA and biological makeup of their entire medical history to judge that. And I don't think the idea that seeing someone who's you know, morbidly obese and assuming they might be overweight is really that big of an aggression. It's certainly a microaggression if it's an aggression. It's a little tiny, teeny bitty microaggression. Bigger than just all the idiotic things that we see in these documents. Bigger than, than what we actually see in there is the fact that this is not even going to the Disney Corporation. Many of them might roll their eyes and get back in their mouse suit and walk around the park and not really think much about it. And I will say probably some kids in these schools, the ones that are well taught, the ones that have good parents are rolling their eyes and saying this is wrong. And maybe even firing back and, and answering those things uh, specifically so that people know, uh, the teachers know, that they're not going to be pushed over uh, with this. But this is happening all over the country. It could be happening in your school. If you're in a public school, there's a good chance one of those teachers, even if you have a generally good school with generally good teachers, there's a good chance there's a couple of them in there that are doing this sorts of crap with your kids. And if we don't continue to call it out and shine a bright light on it, this is not going to change. Before we head to break, I want to uh, give you a quick reminder to stay tuned immediately after this program for a new special from Glenn Beck and his team. The left has been subtly pushing their insane platforms for months now. Uh, we've seen the violent consequences around the country. We have to prepare to defend ourselves from the coming onslaught of, of the new Marxism. Uh, Glenn kind of goes into this. He's uh, Lara Logan on uh, to kind of dive into the dangers of this and how it's manifesting itself around the world. Don't miss it. 9 p.m. Eastern on Blaze TV or on Glenn's YouTube channel. It's the revolution on the rise. How Marxism's early stages are happening now. We're going to be back in just a second with a deeper preview with Glenn himself. And speaking of Glenn Beck, uh, many years ago, Glenn was trying to sell a home. I believe it was the one in Connecticut. As, you know, when you're in radio, you move around like 500 times in your life and you never really settle in an area. Glenn bounced around all over the place. We went back up to Connecticut at one point and he needed to sell his house and he was having a real problem selling it. I mean, real trouble. That was a nice house, I gotta say. It's a freaking nice house. Should have sold very easily. Uh, and at times you think of a real estate agent as someone who's just kind of like, it's part of the transaction, but it's not a big part of the transaction. It's really about you finding the right house for you and paying the price you want to pay. But it's more than that. If you're trying to sell your home, you want to get the most money out of it. If, you know, a few thousand dollars is a big difference, $10,000. It could be serious money in your pocket. It could pay for vacations. It could pay for investments. Maybe you could buy some Dogecoin with it and then become a multi-billionaire. Who knows? Real Estate Agents I Trust is the place to go to find the best real estate agent in your area, no matter where you live in the country. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now, realestateagentsitrust.com. 
Glenn Beck is a radio and television personality, I guess, I'm, I'm told. Um, he has a new special. It's airing immediately after this show at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern uh, tonight. It's Revolution on the Rise, How Marxism's Early Stages Are Happening Now. Glenn Beck, mm. thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, Stu. Uh, glad to be here. Uh, you know, kind of. Uh, <laughs> kind of. Um, we were talking a little bit about this on radio about your special mm. tonight. And I don't know what we can talk about or what we can reveal. I don't know if my show gets thrown off YouTube. If we talk about it, (laughs) what can we say? Uh, You're going to see things that are shocking. You are going to hear truths confirmed that everyone has tried to deny. Uh, You're going to hear from black and white uh, people who are in the government that will verify um, and have no reason to uh, mince words or to lie about it. Um, and uh, it's going to be very unpopular with the left. And I will explain why uh, they are continuing this lie. Laura Logan also joins me. She'll be with me for about uh, 15 minutes on uh, tonight's broadcast. And you'll understand why we have Laura on for this as well. When you see the show, be clear on this one, Glenn, this this one, uh, not for the kiddies. Uh, this is going to be a little. Rough no, at times. Uh, no, uh, I uh, whew, uh, we have photographic evidence of what I'm going to show you. Uh, and um, uh, we've we've skipped the video hmm. uh, and have just gone to the stills and they are um, pretty horrifying, pretty horrifying. Uh, on what is actually happening and it's all because of critical race theory it is all because of marxism uh and um and you we'll show those and it'll it'll happen at about oh 15 to 20 minutes into the show and if you have if you are watching with your kids we'll warn you but uh they are disturbing but need to be seen otherwise people can say no that's not happening Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, Sort of. It's interesting because you're talking about, I don't know, different places on a timeline in a way. Uh, You know, I know we can't get into all the specifics here, but like there are. Let's let's explain that here for a second. The reason why we're not getting into specifics is because this is a very big hot button uh, with the left. And I would like to see it go out on YouTube for as long as it can. Um, and we don't want to tip our hand to anything, but this is something that others have covered. Uh, in my opinion, they haven't been uh, exact enough with their language. We're going to try it, but we're going to get bashed for it, and it will be erased. Um, and we would just like it to get out at least once uh, before it is, uh, you know, deemed. I, I don't know what they're going to deem this. Right. Uh, it's always something. It's Whatever. Always, it's always something. Because, uh, I mean, it's sort of like a, if you kind of look at this, uh, what you're going to talk about tonight as sort of down the road. Right. Like in a way we're looking at we've talked about this before. We have the split in the road. One goes to like, you know, Nazi town, Marxist town. The other one goes to American principles. You don't want to take steps down the, 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 the Nazi town or Marxist town Correct. road. Uh, right. he, here you, you're going to be highlighting. What happens when you go down that road enough and it gets really. Ugly. Yeah. And it's not a you know, it's not an old dusty. You know, we're not going back to Russia. Right. We're, we're you know, we're not going to Nazi Germany. We're showing you almost in real time. Um, uh, you know, Zimbabwe went down this road and it ended the same way that all the rest of them end. 
in horrible, horrible bloodshed, in race riots, in higher inflation, all of it, because it's the it's the same formula. You know, everybody says, well, work that time because the right people weren't in charge. Do you think the right people are in charge this time? Um, uh, it always ends the same way because it doesn't work. But it is it is happening probably, I would say, 10 years ahead of us. Hmm. But because everything is so accelerated now with the world, with the economy and everything else, I think we could be two years away from this. Uh, and um, and and we'll show it to you in real time. And it is something that the left is denying and doing everything they can to deny um, and to discredit anyone who will show you the evidence. And and again, I will explain after I show you the evidence why they are denying it. It's it's very logical and very, very simple. All right, let me take you to another part of the world, and it's something that we have not had much time to talk about on on radio. Um, and I don't know if it's because we've seen it happen so many times and it just feels like the same thing, but the situation in Israel is pretty mm-hmm. interesting. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing, is it? No, it's not the same thing. Um, this is, I think, uh, we will find, not under this administration, but I think we would easily find... You know, if we trusted our agencies anymore to tell us the truth that uh, this one was uh, planned and executed uh, with the help of Iran, um, this attack on Israel is now in communities where um, people have lived side by side. It's neighbors, it's friends, it's coworkers, and they're killing each other. Um, and the Palestinians are are have gone. Uh, almost insane where you were living side by side and now you're killing your neighbor. It is kind of uh, what you're going to see tonight as well. Um, And this is what happens when you uh, decide to divide and conquer. And I really think the world is on the edge of World War Three. You're going to see the economies around the world takes such a bludgeoning that you're going to want to have war to settle not not us uh the leadership they're going to want to have war to be able to change the fundamental economics of the world to change the the structure of everything i mean that that's really what we're looking at and i i really fear um, between what happened with our our pipeline, the hack into uh, the United States, into our critical infrastructure by Russian operatives. You don't do that in Russia unless Putin gives you the wink and the nod um, between that and what's happening in China. The shortages that are coming our way, the the uh, temporary uh, hyperinflation that uh, that uh, Bank of America is calling transitory, for transitory, Glenn, just transitory, transitory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's all going to be rolled up into one. I th- I think Israel could be headed for war, and I think we could all be headed for war as well. Mm. Yeah, I was going to ask about just the land war with Israel, but I mean it could blow up into something much bigger, much faster, much bigger. Um, yeah, because uh, it's that- really not just about Israel. Remember, it is about. 
the destruction of America. It's death to Israel, death to the great Satan, death to America. So the world sees us as very vulnerable right now. I mean, that's why I think this um, letter came out from the generals and the admirals yesterday. And I have you seen much talk about this is no. a pretty big deal. Yeah, um, this I have never seen uh, conservative generals and admirals come out in bulk and say this has got to stop. America is at a crossroads. And we are at a bigger crisis right now in our own country um, than we have been since 1776. And if Americans don't stand together against Marxism, against critical race theory, against all of this stuff, we are not going to make it. That came out yesterday. We're going to have Jerry Boykin on, uh, General Jerry Boykin on uh, tomorrow to talk about it because he was one of the signatories uh, on it. And uh, there, there's a lot there. These guys who signed this, they're not they're not political guys that uh, grind and try to divide. They didn't say this lightly. I mean, and the media is focusing on this the, the way you would sort of expect, obviously excusing all of the Hamas rockets and blaming Israel mm-hmm. for everything. I, I, I noticed this, though. I mean, Trump is banned from Twitter. Um, however, I was able to get a, a, a ongoing commentary from the Ayatollah on Twitter. Oh. Um, he said, since day one, Zionists turned occupied Palestine into a base for terrorism. Israel isn't mm. a country. It's a terrorist camp against Palestinians mm. and other Muslim nations. Fighting against despotic regimes is fighting against oppression and terrorism. And this is everyone's responsibility. If that's not mm-hmm. inciting violence against Israel, I, I don't know what is. Well, but it's it's in, inciting violence against Israel, which, of course, we know is a Zionist regime and part of the evil West and uh, a good partner with America. And seeing now that America is abandoning uh israel might as well get them you'll notice that he's saying almost the same things that you're hearing from the left in america there is a uh, an axis power that is beginning to form it's it's here you can identify it it's the islamists uh it is uh south or north korea it is china it is russia uh iran probably turkey I mean, look what's being arrayed against us. And all of us are sitting with our hands in our pockets because why? We're fighting those same radicals now in the streets and in our schools and in our businesses. It's a very well laid plan. Hmm. It's a terrifying one. Um, Before you go, we talked, uh, started the show today talking about a school in Pennsylvania who had a uh, white privilege checklist type of thing uh, that was going mm-hmm. on. This is happening in schools all across America. As a guy who kind of like fought on the front lines of the war against you know, Common Core, for example, I mean, you've been talking about education for as long as I've known you. How is this different? What's going on now? That was more of, a, I think, a corporate takeover. Um, that was more of a... Uh, Microsoft would like to make sure it has employees for a long, long time uh, and coupled with the dumbing down of our society. This is different. It's much more insidious and truly deadly. Um, This is going right to our kids and it is teaching our kids that if you are this color, you're a racist. If you're this color, these people are trying to stop you and hold you down. And they're so evil, they may not admit it. 
So we have to be racist ourselves. That's what anti-racism is. We have to be racist ourselves. The only way to solve racism is to be racist against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's straight up evil. Straight up evil. Yeah, I mean, it seems like some of these other old school battles on education were were more of like arguments about. Uh, effectiveness right like i mean i think common core was not a good way of teaching kids it just you know i mean yes it wasn't like the math was necessarily like an evil thing it was just like a correct a, a, a dumb way to teach kids math and and it was not it, effective it, it, at its at its worst mm-hmm. um the people if they if they really had intention of destroying america which i think some did mm-hmm. Um, it was it was pretty it was pretty evil, but you had to assign that to the whole thing. Um, you know, I think there were just a lot of I mean, I think the Common Core was much more of the big reset uh, or the great reset where you were you had companies looking for ways to uh, get the workers to be better and let's train them from birth. It was almost a Chinese system. This is all about destruction. Yeah. All about destruction. And if you take, I think, the left and the media, and, and many people in normal society would agree that like the racial division is a serious problem in this country, serious. regardless of who, who's causing it. And like this attempts to inflame that problem. I, I mean, it does seem to be targeted specifically at taking down the Western way of life. And we know by looking at some of the documents from the early days of this, that's kind of what they were going after. So, Stu, this is bringing us back to an era, except it was just reversed. This is uh, systemic racism. If this is implemented, it becomes uh, systemic racism. It's in the system Mm. and it's being pushed by the system. Isn't that the definition of what they're saying that the problem is with America? They're creating it. It really is. Uh, Glenn Beck, it gets into some, a lot of this stuff is tied directly to what Glenn's going to be talking about tonight. New special. You will see, you will see the same arguments Mm -hmm. uh, for critical race theory. You will see them and how they turn out. They are saying the same thing you're hearing on, you know, cable news. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Revolution on the rise. How Marxism's early stages are happening now. It's premiering just a bit uh, from now. After this show at 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, of course, the best way to watch is to get your subscription to Blaze TV. It's blazetv.com slash stew, and you can enter the promo code stew, because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you will save 10 bucks. Glenn, thanks a lot. And if you're only watching for me, use the promo code Glenn. That way hey. they know you don't like this stupid show. Okay. You know what I mean? That's a fair point. <laughs> Cut that out. Or are we live? Yeah, no. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> edit. Edit. All right. All back right. in a second. <laughs> thanks, Stu. Yeah. So Liz Cheney is out as in her leadership uh, from her leadership position uh, in the Republican caucus. Uh, Not a huge surprise as we kind of knew this was coming. This is after her surviving a previous leadership challenge uh, after uh, the impeachment vote, um, you know, a couple months ago. And you kind of get the sense that Cheney wasn't really even fighting it. Uh, She seemed to be fine with it. Uh, I don't know how much arrangement there was between all the players here, but it does seem like there was a significant amount. Uh, she was uh, voted out of leadership and she will be uh, she will be stepping down. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, there's there's multiple things at play here. 
the Republican Party is just a Donald Trump party. That's what it is. Um, you might like that. You might dislike it. Um, but that's what it is. It's 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 Donald Trump's party. And he won the election. He's been able to hold in 2016. And he was um, able to hold on to power even after being out of office. And that is what the Republican Party sort of exists to do at this point. It's not the Republican Party that existed, you know, before that. You might think that's fantastic. You might think that's terrible. But it is the reality of the situation. So Liz Cheney being a person who's outwardly outspoken about uh, about Donald Trump and saying that he did a lot of bad things and he continues to do a lot of bad things, it just doesn't align with the party. So from that perspective, you can clearly see why a lot of people in the Republican caucus wanted her to leave. Um, I think they would have put up with it if she didn't talk about it quite as often, frankly. Um, but uh, honestly, she I think she's making a stand and this is what she believes is the right thing to do. There's a little bit of a weird issue in that, like, there should probably be enough room, generally speaking, in the caucus to uh, to have someone like Liz Cheney in it. I mean, she's pretty conservative. She's been a conservative uh, voter over the years. And I think there's so you can make this one argument where, OK, Cheney should be out because she doesn't really represent where the party is at. And I think I mean, that's true. She doesn't represent where the party is at right now. Uh, on the other hand, though, you have to look at what is actually going on. Glenn used to talk about this all the time. Uh, we've had a lot of Glenn Beck material on the program today uh, with him being a guest. But it's like he used to talk about all the time of watch the other hand. And when, when he was talking about Obama, there'd be this big thing in the news and there'd be this other thing. You have to. Well, shouldn't we be watching that? Here's what I will say. You can make an argument that's coherent about Liz Cheney that she shouldn't be in leadership right now. I don't know. You can make that argument. You might like it. You might not like it. But if your argument is essentially, well, you know what? Uh, Liz Cheney is uh, not uh, passing the... She doesn't like the, the, the policies that I like. She's not conservative enough. Why would you then replace her with Elise Stefanik? I mean, she... I, it doesn't make much sense to me. I mean, look, I don't have a thing against Elise Stefanik. She's fine. She's in New York. She's a Republican. She's kind of an up-and-coming person. She's a moderate Republican. But why would you... If the problem is... Uh, policy-based, why, why would you go to her? Let me give you some things if you don't know about Elise Stefanik. She, she voted with Donald Trump 78% of the time, which isn't horrific if you happen to be a Donald Trump fan. But Liz Cheney voted with Donald Trump 93% of the time. So you're taking someone who voted to show that she's apparently not loyal enough to Trump. You're taking someone who voted 93% of the time with Trump, removing them for someone who voted for 78% of the time with Donald Trump. Stefanik was, was rated the 19th most bipartisan congressman in the entire Congress. This is a person who goes with the left somewhat often. Um, NARAL, the very uh, insane pro-abortion group. What do you want your Republican leadership? What kind of score do you want from NARAL, from your Republican leaders? Zero percent? That's what I would want. Zero percent, a zero percent rating. She's got a 28 percent rating. Now, that's not Chuck Schumer. It's not Nancy Pelosi. It's not AOC. But 28% is really high for a Republican from NARAL. She also was one of eight Republicans to vote for the Equality Act. We're going to put her in leadership over Liz Cheney? She wanted net neutrality to be passed into law. I'm concerned here, guys. I mean, look, there's a lot of people who really like Donald Trump, if that's what you want, that are way more conservative than Lee Stefanik. So why is this the choice? That's a much bigger question of whether Liz Cheney even wants to remain in leadership. Back in a second.
makes sense why people get life insurance, especially term coverage, which is you know, really actually pretty affordable. Uh, you can pay a little bit of much, uh, money each month to protect the ones that you love. If you're asking yourself this question, well, choose ladder. Why would you choose ladder? Well, it's very easy. It's very fast to get covered. You just need a few minutes and a phone or a laptop to apply. Now, ladder has all the smart algorithms. Hey, these, these guys know what they're doing here. They, they work in real time, so you'll find out instantly if you're approved. There's no hidden fees. You can cancel any time, but you can compare all of these different. There's so many different products. You're not going to, I mean, I didn't understand any of this, but ladder makes it easy. And since life insurance costs more as you age, now's the time to cross it off your list. Check out ladder today to see if you're instantly approved. You can go to ladderlife.com slash stew, L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash stew. The slash stew part of the address is important because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Ladderlife.com slash stew, ladderlife.com slash stew. Remember the border crisis? That was a thing that happened. I don't know if you remember. It was a while ago. And then it was completely solved by Joe Biden and Jen Psaki. I, if that's how I remember it, at least. Anyway, it was solved because it kind of went away in the news. And, you know, maybe people got the impression the problem had uh, improved. Uh, maybe it turned around. It was never a crisis. We know it was only a challenge. Maybe it's not even a challenge anymore. Mm, well, the numbers have come out. Uh, so 172,331 people stopped at the border covering, uh, crossing from Mexico in, April, uh, in March. 172,331. This month, April, 178,622. That is a 20-year high. 20-year high. Uh, 5,160 of them were denied poor at the port of entry. Um, since fiscal year 2021 began in October 2020, nearly 750,000 people have been encountered trying to cross in from Mexico. That's more than 459,000 in all of 2020. So the entire year, 459,000. Joe Biden here, just since October, 750,000. This is a crisis on top of a crisis on top of a crisis. And what the Biden administration has tried to do is ship people to other storage facilities where people don't know where they are. They can't get their cameras in there. They decentralize this process a little bit to make it harder to cover. And of course, the media has also sort of given up on covering it. We will not. We will continue to follow this back in a second. Thanks for making it this far uh, in the program. You're kind of one of the cool kids now. Welcome to the Cool Kids Club. We appreciate it. Um, you can always help us and this show exist by, well, I mean, you just send me Bitcoin. That's, I'll probably keep doing the show forever. You keep doing that. But I mean, more than that, you can go to my Instagram page and sign up there, subscribe. Uh, of course, it's free. Get all of the dumb pictures and behind the scenes stuff. But also in the link in the bio, uh, you get a get a link to everything. Every single thing that you need here. Uh, make sure to check that out. Okay, before we leave, as you know, I'm pretty pro-vaccine, um, but there's only one real place to get the vaccine. In, uh, in Romania, a place that is just really, really welcoming, generally, the country of Romania, uh, you can go and get your vaccine now at Dracula's Castle. Yes, Dracula's Castle, of course, real place in Romania. Uh, it's formerly Transylvania. Um, so you can go to the Transylvania um, uh, attraction there, go to Dracula's Castle, um, and you uh, you can get your vaccine there. Now, you might feel weird having something pierce your skin inside of Dracula's castle. And that's a normal response. If you happen to think, why are they giving me a vaccine in my neck? 
you may want to you want to turn. Why am I getting two vaccines really close to each other in my neck and I hear a sucking sound? None of this is good. Run if that happens to you. But still, go get your vaccine, everybody, even if it's in Dracula's castle.